In this week's market update, the FTSE 100 approaches a new all-time high, China is in focus ahead of the country's New Year celebrations, and earnings season gets into its stride. Well, the big market story here in the UK this week is the approach of the FTSE 100 to a new all-time high. The last peak was in 2018 at 7,877. And at the time of recording, the UK benchmark is within just a few points of exceeding that peak level. The sharp rise in the UK market in recent weeks reflects a few different factors. First, it is in large part to do with the exposure of the FTSE 100 to the commodities sector, which is rising strongly on the back of China's unexpected end to its zero Covid policy. The reopening of the Chinese economy is bad news in the short term as infections rise quickly, but investors are already looking through the current Covid spike to price in the benefits of reopening. The other key driver of all markets, not just the UK, is the apparent easing in inflation across much of the world. Last week, the US inflation rate fell even below optimistic forecasts to an annual rate of just 6.5%. This week, we'll see whether the UK is following suit, with CPI numbers due to be announced on Wednesday. Europe has already posted some promising inflation data. Lower inflation takes the pressure off central banks to keep squeezing the economy with higher interest rates, and investors have dared to hope that the end of the monetary tightening cycle is now in sight, with just a handful of quarter-point rises left to come. A peak in US rates of just under 5% is now predicted for the early summer, May or June, and futures markets are currently confident that the Fed will quickly go into reverse, with an interest rate of 2.7% penciled in for the end of 2024. That, by the way, is at odds with what the US central bank is trying to tell markets. It's currently blue in the face with its efforts to persuade us that rates will go to 5% and stay there for a while to come. But optimistic markets are having none of it. The final positive for the UK market is the increasing fiscal credibility of the UK government following the unpredictable announcements of the Trust government last September. Markets are now assuming that the Sunak administration will err on the side of fiscal caution and are pricing markets both fixed income and equity accordingly. The UK market has also benefited from its relatively attractive valuations – The FTSE 100 trades on around 10 times expected earnings and the more domestically focused FTSE 250 on about 12, which compares favourably with the US market, which after its recent rally is now on about 18 times forecast earnings. Some context about the FTSE 100's new record is worth considering amid the celebrations. First, the UK benchmark has been a relative laggard over the years. At the new record, FTSE will still be less than 15% higher than it traded at the end of 1999 during the dot-com bubble. The 23-year period since then has been characterised by plenty of volatility, with two big bear markets serving up falls of around 50% to investors. And overall, the rise in the market has been disappointing. The S&P 500, by contrast, has risen by around 150% since 1999, and at its peak a year ago, it had trebled in value over that period. 
One key difference between the two is worth noting, however. The FTSE 100 offers investors a dividend yield of around 4%, much more than the US market. So an investor who had reinvested their dividends over that long period would have seen a much smaller underperformance. The FTSE 100 has still done worse in total return terms than the US market, but the effect is much less dramatic. With markets having taken off in the first few weeks of 2023, the question naturally arises as to whether investors have got ahead of themselves. More optimistic observers like me had expected markets to move ahead of the economy, but even we are as surprised by how early the market has moved and by how far. The middle of the year, when it will hopefully be clear that inflation is on a downward path and that interest rates have peaked, seemed like a more obvious time for markets to turn higher. So, investors need to tread carefully. The months ahead could still be volatile if the economic backdrop continues to be challenging. One key factor will be corporate earnings, visibly so as we move into earnings season. Results started to come in at the end of last week with the US banks and the pace of announcements will accelerate in the weeks ahead. A surprising feature of the markets during last year's downturn was that the bear market was almost wholly driven by lower valuations and not by declines in profits. This year, that's going to be tested as economies head into possible recessions. Forecasts have been in retreat for some time and now little growth at all is expected for earnings this year. But the market is still relatively optimistic about 2024 numbers with growth of around 10% penciled in. If we were to see last year's strong growth in earnings transition through flat profits this year to relatively good growth again next year, that really would constitute a very soft landing for the economy and markets. Frankly, that looks a bit optimistic. Recessions have historically triggered a sizable decline in earnings, so whether we have a deep or shallow recession or none at all is obviously key. Last week, we got a promising insight into economic growth here in the UK. GDP in November defied expectations by rising marginally. That offers the enticing prospect that growth will be positive for the fourth quarter as a whole. That, in turn, would mean the expected technical recession two quarters on the trot of negative growth would be deferred. This week, the GDP focus is on China, where COVID lockdowns are expected to have continued to keep growth well below Beijing's target of 5.5%. In the second quarter, China narrowly avoided contraction with growth of 0.4% before expanding to 3.9% in the third quarter. The fourth quarter's number due on Tuesday is expected to be low again, dragged down by widespread lockdowns in the October to December period. The big change in China in recent weeks has been the dramatic reversal of a policy which had targeted the complete elimination of COVID rather than the West's more pragmatic approach of living with the virus and vaccinating widely to limit its impact. China's change of policy was forced on it by an inability to develop effective homegrown vaccines, but the economic and social impact of seemingly endless lockdowns finally forced a U-turn by the authorities. China is now living with an explosion of infections and looking forward to life after Covid much sooner than expected. So, overall, it's been a surprisingly strong start to the year. The so-called January effect, 
which points to the first month of the year being a better performer than the other 11, looks likely to hold true this year. The January barometer, another seasonal adage, which says that the direction of the market in January is a guide to the year as a whole, also looks promising for investors. There are plenty of reasons to be sceptical about these January market sayings, but our own research on the 39 years that the FTSE 100 has been in existence suggests that a positive January has led to a positive year for the market as a whole 80% of the time. Those odds are pretty compelling. Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.